0: So unpredictable here on the SNL Network.
1: Yes, that is right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hot Take Show for episode number five of season 47 with host Kieran Culkin and musical guest Ed Sheeran. I'm very excited to talk about this episode tonight. It is John from the SNL Network, and we have a great panel for our Hot Take Show. We are turning back the clock's tonight so there's no excuse for you not to stay up with us and speaking of turning back the clocks we got to see Kieran Culkin who was on the show 30 years ago come all the way back tonight to host uh, since his brother did it 30 years ago in 1991 so it was a really fun episode we're going to go through all the sketches and we want to see your thoughts in the chat so please make sure to post those comments as we go through the sketches and we'll bring those up on screen as we are doing so let me introduce our panel that we have tonight. Joining us is the great Andrew Haskell. Andrew, how are you?
2: I'm doing good. I'm excited. Let's get to this.
1: Yes, very thrilled to have you on. You're rocking your Red Sox gear. You're ready to go. So uh, excited to talk to you. Uh, joining us is the great Amanda Mitchell. Amanda, how are you doing?
0: John, lovely as always. Thrilled. Happy to be here in the middle of the night. You know, casual. <laughs> I did not warn my roommate. So sorry. Whoops.
1: Yeah. Whoops. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, We'll be live for another uh, about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour going through the episode and then joining us for the first time in season 47. It is Dave Buckman. Dave, how are you?
3: I'm great. How are you doing?
1: I'm I'm doing really great. It's so great to hear from you. You were a big part of our coverage last season in season 46. So really just want to welcome you back to the podcast in season 47. All right, so let's start things off with our hot takes for the evening. So this is some a like a headline that you would wake up tomorrow morning and you would see about tonight's SNL or something unconventional. Haskell, give us your hot take for the night.
2: Uh here's my hot take. This is going to be everywhere tomorrow. Uh I, this is perhaps my favorite episode in a few years. Um I have given uh SNL a leash for a little, for about a year now of saying it feels like they're finding their footing post COVID feels like they're finding their footing. Uh, Tonight was the first time I was like, they didn't just find their footing, but they elevated uh, to something different in a few different topics. So uh, I am blown away by this episode. Is it a perfect episode? No, but just in a complete episode, one of my favorites in a long, long time.
1: Okay, well, we're going to talk about the sketches. So obviously, we're going to get your opinion, Haskell. But before I move on to Amanda and get her hot take, I just want to know you saying this is one of your favorite episodes in a long time. Is there something specific you can narrow it down to, like what really worked for you tonight that didn't work in you know previous episodes? Uh,
2: I, the structure of it all. Uh, we we saw them kind of tap into something that I think has been missing as a whole. You'd get the sketches at a time, but was understanding their premise building their premise up slowly turning it to 11 and then having a little bit of teeth at the end to actually turn it all the way up, um, across multiple sketches, like the whole night in my opinion. That's what I felt it was
1: cool. All right. Great to hear that. Amanda, how about you? What is your hot take for the night?
0: My hot take is that I genuinely am shocked. We didn't get a Macaulay appearance in real life, a non-archival appearance. Um, and also that I thought it it was a beautiful boiling pot of this episode. It simmered for like 15 minutes and then just like Andrew said, just descended into what I thought was just heavy hitters back to back. Really great.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there was a lot to complain about tonight, but I am I am excited to talk through all mm-hmm. of them. Uh, Dave, we haven't heard your thoughts about season 47 yet. How does this episode compare to the ones that you've seen and give us your hot take mm-hmm. for the night?
3: Yeah, I think I really like this episode, but I think I like the uh, previous two more. Uh, the Sudeikis and um, I, who did number three? Uh, Rami Malek. Yeah, I think I like those uh, a little bit more than this one. Um, I thought I really enjoyed seeing the softer side of Kieran Culkin. Uh, yes. it's the side of him we don't get much. So getting to see him play straight man, getting to see him play uh, uh, um, vulnerability. Uh, real real vulnerability, not Roman Roy vulnerability, um, uh, was very refreshing. Um, and I also am so thrilled to finally get um, J.A.J.'s Trump that uh, we've been kind of waiting on. Uh, I think that really set a real good tone for the episode of just like, we got a Trump now. It's not Alec Baldwin. Uh, it's really good. Here's how good it is. Um, and that kind of just pretends and just ups everybody's game, I think, because they want to be as good as that was. The live sketches were fantastic tonight.
1: Yeah, that, that was really incredible. And we're going to talk about that cold open in just a moment. So for my hot take for the night, and I'm going to give a little bit of background. So one of the one of the fortunate things that we get to do is we get, uh, you know, every week we get some information from people who work at the show and they get to tell us what they are thinking about the episodes and give us a little bit of behind the scenes, perhaps like uh, some of the, sk- the list of sketches and, and writers and things like that. And we often share that in our patron group. So we were talking today with some of the patrons. And one of the interesting things that I was told before this episode was that uh they were a little bit concerned about kieran culkin i had heard that it was like uh he had a little bit of struggles with sketch comedy, and it's not something that he was used to doing. And that's totally fair for a new SNL host. But I did find out that a lot of things actually had to be, uh, you know, changed at the last minute. I don't know if it's it's reruns for rewrites for sketches or, um, you know, major structural changes. But there were some changes that had to be made today. So I didn't know what to expect going into this episode. And I was completely pleasantly surprised to see how great of an episode this was. I didn't think that there were any problems with Kieran Culkin. I wouldn't necessarily say that he as a host absolutely made this episode, but the writing was really strong. And I felt like Kieran did a very serviceable serviceable job. So I would say that this was a surprise for me. And it exceeded with flying colors. So that that's really my hot take for the night. So very, very excited to talk through the episode. Let's start with our cold open. I know that's what everyone is buzzing about. Everyone's excited to talk about what we got to see in our cold open tonight. So we got to see Judge Ginny and Piero come back into the show. This is the first time we've seen her since that crazy wine escapade she had in the finale last season. We got to see Pete as Aaron Rodgers. Alex Moffat was in there as Glenn Youngkin, his fifth straight cold open. Uh, We got to see some Heidi and then James Austin Johnson coming in with the Donald Trump impression. This is the seventh Donald Trump we got to see on the show and in my opinion, Probably the best, so Haskell, where are you at on the cold open
2: yeah, uh obviously j a j steals it again, like talk about the story of this season so far, um technically again, like the best trump that we've seen. he does a good job of kind of taking it a little less nasally than I think everybody else has has kind of done trump, um, so he was incredible in that it was a it was kind of a, after. Uh, years years of kind of getting sick of these types of cold opens you know like a a Fox News cold open uh when it opened up to Fox News uh you know on the when we when we first kind of lead in it was almost like a oh it's kind of like a kind of like a little callback to to kind of an era that's passed us by a little bit um if i had one concern about the cold open it maybe went a little too long um you know jj was the star of that it, it I think maybe they waited just a tad too long to get him there. Uh, there was also a really great moment in this cold open where uh, when he comes on screen, the, the audience froze. Like for a split second, I think the makeup was so good that the audience got tricked. I think they thought Trump was on the screen because there was like one clap in the audience and then a freeze. Like nobody knew how to react. It was awesome. Like, I don't know what the audience thought, but they froze. So, uh, yeah, a a lot going on in that cold open.
1: Yeah, there was a lot. And it did feel like there were some different concepts here working together. And maybe some worked a little bit better than others. Amanda, how did you feel about our cold open we got to see tonight?
0: I didn't love it. Okay. Okay. But I'm not, but not because I just thought it was too long. Like I thought the Aaron Rodgers thing was clearly a last minute add on to like get really with the timely. Cause they couldn't fit into weekend update. Um, just things like that where I was like, Ooh, but again, that, that impression, cause I've never been impressed with Baldwin's impression of that man. And so like this, I was like, okay, I can get on board with you. Um, it's, easily on the show it's the best impression we've ever had the best i've seen in my life now but the best on this show 100 percent. yeah i enjoyed it yeah
1: i felt like there was a moment dave where i was watching this impression and i was so transfixed with what james austin johnson was doing on the show that i just almost fell asleep like not in a bad way like in just a pure like watching this out of just like oh my I, like I, if you closed your eyes like you could just see it and it was incredible
3: yeah it puts you to sleep because it was comforting that Terry Life finally has a good Trump. Uh, only eight years to <laughs> date. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just so thrilled that it wasn't the last uh, Judge Jeanine that we're going to see Cecily. I thought we all thought, A, she's leaving, and B, that was the last time we'd see that character. But I'm so happy she's back um, because it's one of my favorite impressions she does. It, G, Judge Jeanine fascinates me as a person to no end, as a, just an actual true life, actual character. She seems like a Batman villain in real life. And I just think she's such a weird, like I, I love, I love hate watching her because she's so weird with her that. It's it's very it's very weird to me, but I love it. But uh, Cecily had some really great lines uh, throughout. I mean, really good strong writing. Uh, stri- I, uh, straight talk, cause I never talk gay. Um, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> when Trims goes, I keep my ears sealed so nothing comes in or out. And the movie's rotten. Just ask the tomatoes. Just really sharp joke writing.
1: Just, the, I think that the thing that really uh, surprised me about this whole thing was I just got to thinking to myself, Haskell, like, tell me if you agree, but like, there is an alternate universe where James Austin Johnson comes on the show five years ago. And like, how different does SNL look in the last five years if the J.A.J. J. Trump impression is there instead of the Baldwin one?
2: Yeah, I was, so I was thinking about that uh, while watching this, and, and it definitely would have been to have him have such a good technical impression would have been great during the presidency. But I also look at it the same way as like having Sudeikis's, uh Joe Biden when he was vice president. Like, I almost feel like where SNL was and where a lot of the country was when Alec Baldwin was doing Trump, uh, it, more so at the beginning. I, I think a lot of people soured on it by the end, but it needed to be very cartoonish and over the top. And it kind of spoke to a lot of people who felt a certain way. And now that we're past the presidency, now it's I think it's the right time for this Very, very technically sound impression.
1: Yeah. 100%. And I was wondering if we would ever get a Trump impression on the show again. I didn't know if they would want to go like dip that their toe into the water on something like that. But clearly, now if they ever need one, they have one. So I think we can officially write off Alec Baldwin ever playing Donald Trump on the show again. I think that we can, you know, write the epitaph for that at least. So, uh, that was an interesting note as well. And I the other thing I'll just say about the Cold Open before we move on is the Aaron Rodgers stuff. I think that there was a lot of potential to do a lot more there. I think that was like a really big story, obviously, in pop culture going along uh, with Aaron Rodgers, uh, basically like misleading the public about him taking the COVID vaccine and, and uh, you know, putting Pete as Aaron Rodgers is certainly buzzworthy. Do I think they could have done more? A hundred percent. So that would be my one, my one, like uh, two cents criticism about something like that. Uh, let's talk about Kieran Culkin. So Kieran Culkin shows up in the monologue and we get to see Kieran come in and he's excited. He's ready to go. Amanda, can I start with you on this one? How did you feel about Kieran Culkin's monologue?
0: I am loving these not like stand-up comedy monologues, but just like love letters to their loved one monologues, and like looking back on like their careers, the nostalgia, the like that's like especially with with Kieran tonight and Jason Sudeikis last week. It feels like that's they're they're leaning into this very I don't know wholesome kind of sentimentality, which feels very off base for SNL, but like I'm very much into it. And I I, I could t- like now that hearing what you said before about what you heard from like preparation, he was so nervous in this monologue. He was so nervous. And I was like, oh like I was like, oh I can tell. Like this is this is a man who is not used to this style of acting and performing. But in the end I thought it was charming. I thought he did a great job and I loved that suit. Let's talk about it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And look, I don't want to overstate this, because this is something that is probably pretty common. I mean, I think that there are a lot of people who come into SNL and like sketch comedy is not their forte. So they they maybe just don't necessarily, you know, get to a point where they're fully ready for the show. But I didn't feel like that came across at all. And it seems like none of the audience did either. So just because you know, you hear things here and there doesn't mean anything for the quality of the show. So I just want to say that I am super impressed with everything we did get to see from Kieran tonight. Dave, let me go to you. How did you feel that Kieran did in his monologue tonight?
3: I think the weakest one of the season so far, uh, as far as my longs go. But I love it when an actor who's been like around for like a really long time finally gets a good A plus project that gets them on Saturday Night Live and then they get to the, kinda of, feel all that love we've had for them all these years that they've probably never gotten from a live audience before, that always makes me feel really good. I feel like that happened tonight that people have to like put some up on him for all the thing, all the good work he's done for all the uh not just for succession, but for all that.
1: Yeah, it was really sweet. And Haskell, I mean, fifth monologue we got to see in a row where there's no cast members coming into the monologue. It is a, definitely a very interesting trend that SNL has decided to go for in season 47. And yeah, I just thought he was, a, he was a lot of fun. How did you feel about the monologue?
2: Yeah, and I think Dave mentioned this kind of in our opening thoughts, right? It kind of, it just served the purpose of of Karen Cole and be like, yes, you know me on TV for playing this really shitty character. Um I'm like a nice guy and look at this video of me when I was a little kid with my brother. Like, I'm not my character. I'm a nice guy. We're going to have some fun tonight. Uh, I do like when we get to throw back. I, I, one of the things I feel like SNL doesn't do a ton of that I wish they only do it. Sometimes it feels like only when somebody dies, honestly, is like kind of throwback to old SNLs. Uh, Jason Bateman had done it with the, with the monkey thing it was a, last season of the year before. Um, mm-hmm. Where, where they kind of threw it back to that. So um, I like little moments like that, this stripped away sort of monologue that they're doing, which feels like it kind of comes from this post COVID thing. Uh, it it kind of works for me right now, honestly. And then and when they go away from it and we have a big musical monologue, it's actually going to feel great again, instead of feeling overused.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, point. and I also laughed really hard when he was like, "Hey, I was in three sketches in 1991, and two of them are problematic." Because <laughs> I was actually looking, we posted on our Instagram one of the sketches this week, the one that he talked about on on Jimmy Fallon last night. He did one with Dana Carvey and Chris Farley, and it's a really nice sketch. But there's another one which with the Richmeister, if you if you guys remember that from the 90s, and then another one from the Bears where they did a Thanksgiving, uh, like you know, themed uh, stuff in it. And uh, I was trying to figure out what to do with those, those pieces. So it is interesting to always look back at archival footage of SNL and figure out what they're going to do with that stuff now. And I thought that was a really cute nod to people who got to see that 1991 episode.
3: I thought that um, it was odd that NBC put up that um, Timothy Chalamet episode uh, earlier in the evening during primetime because there were so many, so many similarities between that episode and this episode um it uh especially the diane Warwick uh was in that episode the uh um uh there's a flashback in the monologue uh uh you know there was a, a crazy horse sketch there's just a lot of similarities between both.
1: So to your, to your point, it was very interesting for me because I was actually thinking the same thing and it was pointed out to me earlier in the evening that uh, the the Dion Warwick impression has actually been uh, Dion Warwick appearing in this episode has actually been planned for a while now, so then they chose to put the Timothy Chalamet uh, thing as the, as the 10 o'clock episode in order to help promote that. So I think that was a great connection that we got to see between those two episodes, the Timothy Chalamet episode from last season and tonight's episode. Okay, so let's talk about our first sketch that we got to see tonight and that would be spectrum cable and this was this was a lot of fun haskell how did you feel about it
2: yeah this is like this is where like immediately in this episode i was like this is a great kind of first sketch after the monologue uh at at first i'm like where is this going uh but it, it it starts off what i think was like a common theme throughout the night if you remember if you guys listened to the different podcasts that we put out last year, we were always finding these common threads in episodes, which was weird. I don't know if you remember that, John, but um, it felt like tonight's thread was like relatability, like these little relatable moments that they just expounded upon. Like it was crazy. And uh, to get all the cast members in there was great. And then uh, to finally turn it up to 11 and for Bowen to be, you know, Spectrum at the end and, uh Keenan's perfect in this sketch. Like this was a sketch that made me say, like, all right, this this is we're starting to build on some stuff. So I loved this sketch.
1: Yeah, and I think we're getting back to a point where we're seeing more slice of life sketches, which is really nice. Like starting with the mattress store that we got to see in the rami Malik episode, and then something like this. I think this was this was really fun to get to see. Amanda, how did you feel about Spectrum Cable?
0: It, it was perfect. It was from just the jump I literally said with the minute I heard the words like you're getting a call back from spectrum cable, I felt my body turn inward I felt my before I went to full body cringe because I've had this phone call with spectrum cable trying to cancel so um i I loved it it was perfect um yes, every every bit of it was just art in my opinion like and I also love to get to see you know just like everyone was in this sketch and that I don't feel like that's happened very often this season where we've seen pretty much everyone but was really happy to see the interactions with Melissa and Sarah especially because that's a dynamic that I, I'm like build, build on this please build on a relationship there mm-hmm. um and yeah I, I think it was great Domino's Pizza
1: Yeah, yeah, this Mukes really crushed that one. My favorite part, I think, was Heidi Gardner when when she was like, "Yeah, I'm not great either, actually." And I thought that was just such a killer line from Heidi. Heidi, who's just continuing to crush on this season, she's doing so so well. Uh, To me, her best season on the show so far. I'm just so impressed with what she's doing. And I think that what I loved about seeing a sketch like this with lots of cast members in it is we got to see you know lots of cast members in the impression sketches. You know, one time this season, and now you get to see a bunch of cast members in this sketch rolling out their own like you know individual characters working at spectrum and i think you can just kind of see how dynamics cast is and that's what's really fun about it all right let's talk about the heist so haskell what do you think about the heist
2: uh i was i was a little nervous at first because the way it starts out is i thought they were going to kind of just double up and do like another sketch where they intro- where they introduce all these people because that's sort of how it starts off with Chris Red being introduced. And then we get Mikey introduced and then Kieran Culkin comes in. But um, I'm also a sucker for this kind of sketch. Chris Red can play this character in his sleep, this overconfident character who just gets his legs cut out from under him. Uh, and then just has to sit there and squirm. Like uh, he did, you know, the, the Rudy inspired type character in the JJ Watt episode a few years ago, this is very similar. Like it's in the same universe. Um, but again, the type of sketch that I can just, uh, I could watch Chris Red do this for an hour straight. If, if he put it out there.
1: Yeah. It, it, there was a lot of great Chris stuff here. I thought this was this was pretty well done. And it was good to see that, you know, we got to see Kieran do really well in a live sketch. And then in a pre tape he was looking pretty good as well. I was wondering if we were going to get something succession related. As the, you know, this sketch started, I got those vibes a little bit. And then I did find out later that there was a succession sketch that was cut at dress rehearsal. But uh, I enjoyed this just as much. So, Amanda, what do you think about the heist?
0: I love when this show leans into pure stupidity. Like it when it just says, we're just going to do the dumbest thing that we can do. And I, this, I would watch this movie. Can like, are, are we going to get this movie? Can they make it? Can it be like the next MacGruber please? Yeah, no, it was one of, oh my God. I love Chris Redd so much. And I especially love his like, yes, like that wide eyed overconfidence. It's like ignorance, but he's he's gonna wrong but strong his way through everything. And um, my like favorite sense of humor is saying that I can do something and then being or like somebody being like, "Oh, can you grab that? I'm like, no. And then I hand it to them. So this felt very much in line with everything that makes me laugh in life. So great, great catch. Yeah.
1: And there's so many like great stick shift jokes, because I think like if you are an automatic driver and you know anybody who drives stick shift, you are consistently making fun of them. So I think that this was just like, such a perfect premise for that. Dave, what did you think about the heist?
3: Uh, I thought it was just okay. It wasn't uh, amazing for me. Um, I like Fred I liked, uh I thought I could see this as a recurring bit. You know, with like typewriters and landline phones and VCRs, uh, you know, uh, definitely see that coming on the pike. But again, I feel like I've seen this many times. Um, this this character from Chris Red, and I, I feel like I, I do love him. I do love this character, but I just feel like I saw it coming as soon as he got in the car. I just I knew exactly what was going to be happening, and nothing really changed that up for me uh, for the rest of the sketch. Um, but I feel like the, it's it's so interesting because I thought the the pre-tapes last year were so. Much better than the live sketches, and this year I think the live sketches have been so much better than the pre-tapes. Um, I wonder if that's, you know, obviously the, the, the writing staff turnover, but that's my hot take on that. <laughs>
1: That is such a good point and it's so great to think about and you're so right Dave like their new writers have come in and totally reinvigorated the live sketches that we've gotten to see this season and I think that's overall why people are starting to love season 47 just because we've been missing this high quality live sketch stuff for a few seasons now so it's really impressive to get to see that and I mean, speak of high quality, I absolutely loved what we got to see from the men's room tonight. I'm oh, sorry, sorry. I, don't, I don't want to skip ahead. Sorry, I, I just <laughs> I skipped in my head because I was excited to talk about it. But I also want to talk about Dion Warwick talk show. So let's start with that. We'll talk about, we got to see Dion Warwick actually appear in the Dion Warwick talk show tonight. So, uh, you know... Praise Dion. So happy to see her come in there. We got to see some impressions. And really just having Dion Warwick sing with Ego Notum was really exciting. Amanda, can I start with you on this one? Tell me, how excited were you to see Dion Warwick on the show?
0: If you didn't hear me scream, you lie, you're you lying. I screamed so loud in my apartment like I I, if my room I I know my roommate's home and I'm shocked she didn't come in to ask me if I was okay and we're gonna have to have a talk about that later but I it's it this this was this was perfect and I also loved seeing Ego who's normally so so brave and daring as soon as she had to duet with Dionne Warwick we saw her be like oh I don't know, I don't know if I can do this. I don't want her to be upset with me. I loved this sketch. i I love it every time, but like this this one was a special one. And I always wonder, like when the, when they do an impression and then the celebrity comes in, does that mean the imp the, the, the sketch is done forever? Like
1: you I, would think. You would think. But
0: like that, 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 that like I actually was asking that, so I'm glad. But i you would know of all the people. So um you, I the,
1: the correct answer is yes, but I do not think that is what SNL has abided by for years. So that is what's supposed yeah. to happen. But <laughs> in my,
0: in by my rules, that would be my rule. But um I me too. this yeah. this this was this was a highlight of the evening for me, in my opinion. Yes. Probably my yes. favorite.
1: And I apologize, everybody. It's late. I didn't mean to skip the sketch because it's it's a really fun one to talk about. So we're gonna t- we're gonna talk through it. Dave, how, what did you think about the Dion Warwick talk show?
3: So excited! Uh, it's one of my favorite recurring characters that SNL has right now. It's one of my favorite Twitter accounts. If you haven't gone out and read the real Dion Warwick's Twitter account, it's a uh, And uh, if I'm being honest, one of my favorite singers too. So so happy that the sketch came comes back. Um, a lot, you know a lot of the guests were i guess you know they must have thrown this together last minute because uh i think a lot of the uh, the miley cyrus was not great not one of chloe's best impressions uh the uh nathan Ula, uh the um the doctor bit that andrew uh just has was a recurring bit of getting cut off uh who was also you know in the chalamet episode uh jason mraz just seemed like such a it kind of looks like Jason Mraz. There, there, there was no take. There was no take on Miley Cyrus, which is why I like Vanessa's better. Uh, you know, uh, and there's uh, in the Post Malone. It's funny, just to get rid of him right away, based on his looks, a him back to Spooky Town, USA. But then Dionne Warwick, legendary, legendary. I love that Ego is at the point uh, where she gets to have one of these moments. It's like the mar- it's the mark of a veteran cast member with a character that is connecting with the audience. And you get to have the real person come on, like uh, Jim Brewer gets to meet uh, the real Joe Pesci uh, moment, um, which I love. I love that one, too. You know, I, lo- I do like those moments. I know people are like, oh, it's kind of a hack way to finish a sketch. But I do love those moments. And uh, I was, I've i been waiting for this one for a long time. So very pleased with D.O. Moore, one of my favorites of the night.
1: Yeah, I really think, honestly, the th- that is what, you know, if we're going to take anything from this episode, there were a lot of really great sketches. But I do think the moment of Ego and Dion singing together was just like a beautiful moment that people will remember for a very long time. And I'm sure when Ego's done being a cast member, she's always going to remember that moment as well. Haskell, how did you feel about the Dion Warwick talk show we got to see tonight?
2: This was like the exclamation point on this this sort of bracket that I put around this first half of the episode, which is like, what snl should look like like a good cold open that's topical with a good impression then a monologue then we talked about that first sketch and why i loved that a good pre-tape and then you have this sketch where you have a a really great cameo and not just that it's funny but then you have this nice touching moment where everybody can sit and be like that's a nice moment like if you if you can bracket that and start every SNL episode like that, like that's what it's supposed to look like. So I, you know, great moment. Uh, it, the the Dionne Warwick cameo really saved the Dionne Warwick show for me because it was if she had never cameoed and I never saw that sketch again, I I honestly don't even think I would have realized that it never came back. Um, the it's for an impression basket sketch. I don't feel like we've ever gotten like the best impressions out of it. And I think Dave was kind of talking about that a little bit, Um, but none of that matters because you got a wonderful cameo and like a nice sort of non-comedy moment there
1: yeah I, I agree and i mean i our friend ike in the chat says when they eventually make a best of ego compilation this moment will be there i think that's gonna be the cover i think you like the cover of if they still make dvds i think they would make the dvd cover the ego and dion moments that we got to see tonight so it was a really beautiful moment that uh, i really enjoyed and you know a lot of people were interested in talking about this miley cyrus impression we got to see from chloe Feynman, chloe who has just really not been on the show enough this season that's like my one criticism of season 47 so far is not enough chloe Feynman. um and i actually enjoyed this impression impression. I thought it was fine. I think that a lot of people are comparing it to the Vanessa Bayer impression, but it's just very different. Like uh, Miley's different now. So I think that this is just a cool impression and it's a different different stage of SNL and a different stage for Miley. So um I didn't I didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty good.
3: Te- uh, technically it was a good impression, but there's just no satirical take on Miley Cyrus as a character. Uh, the way Vanessa I feel like had there's you could tell there's like she's kind of making fun of the dead the dead eyed monotone version of um uh Miley who didn't really understand what she was saying half the time and I got none of that uh from uh, from Chloe tonight.
1: Yeah that's fair. That's 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 definitely fair. All right. So obviously, people know I want to talk about the men's room sketch. And I just was watching this sketch. And I kept thinking to myself, like, yeah, not exactly everything they were saying. But like, I've been in these situations before. So I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, this is actually a really awkward situation that I don't remember SNL ever doing like a great take on like, maybe maybe I'm wrong. And like, chat, let me know if there's been other like urinal related sketches that have been on SNL in the past. But I can't think of one. And I just, I don't know. I just think of like moments in my life where I've just had very awkward conversations standing in a urinal. And I just think there's so much fodder there to to talk through. Haskell, how do you feel about the men's room?
2: Uh, it was kind of the cap of this like relatable trio. It was, uh, have you ever tried to cancel cable? Did you ever have to learn how to drive a stick? And have you ever been to uh, standing there in a men's bathroom? Um, it was great, but the moment with where they set up and Alex turns to the camera and says, I killed a man in 2012. Like that is the, just in a nutshell, my favorite type of humor. You knew eventually that these like admissions that they were making was going to take a twist. I knew something was coming and yet that was a gut punch to me. Like I absolutely love that might've been my favorite line of the season so far. I killed
1: a man in 2012, (laughs) but uh, I actually, the other one I really liked from this one was um, see you on the ice. We work at a pension fund. I thought that was really great too. Amanda, Uh, I know you probably could not relate to this one as much as us, but how did you feel about it?
0: Um, As a woman who strikes up conversations in the bathroom on purpose, I have cannot relate to this whatsoever, but you know what? I thought it was brilliant. I truly was like, "Why is Tracy there? What Tracy Tracy what why, okay, Cool. Nice to see you, dude. Love you. love. love to have you here. Um, I thought this was such tight writing and in such a way that like if you are like like Haskell said, like if you want to pull in a twist at the end, that's, that was the perfect one. And it was the, these little nuances. The thing about the Bowen at the, the sink, when he and he can't get the automatic, the sink to work, and he already has soap on his hands, literally happened to me last week. So like, yes. And the trick to that is to put a piece of paper towel over your hand and then swipe it. Guys, that's the trick. Um, but also, but like truly, I... Every bit of this sketch, I was like, they're just knocking it out of the park, this episode, every, every bit of it. And another sketch that Chris read reminds us, like, mm, he's when he's when he's he's good. He's really good. And here he was incredible. And football is crazy.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, There are so many people in the chat that are like, yeah, my wife had to ask me if this actually happens. (laughs) So I love that. I love that everyone's having this conversation at home tonight. If this stuff is true. Dave, how'd you feel about the men's washroom?
3: I've done all these things. I've had all of these thoughts, every single one of them, except for the killing somebody. Uh, I've had every single one of those conversations. And I've had all of of those doubts of like, why am I saying that? That's weird. Um, But I love the sketch. Aesthetically, I loved the the light change, the no voiceover choice to not do that all and not do a voiceover was awesome and talk to the camera. I loved that choice. It was something different. It felt very much like an evergreen second city sketch. Um, I could definitely see that on the second city main stage uh, happening very easily, and uh, Alex's soci- sociopath was the perfect heighten to that sketch. but then, of course, bonus heightened. Tracy's been hiding in a stall the whole night for the whole sketch. Um, wish, uh, it was very fun to see him pop out. I just wish he didn't step on his laughs, which he usually does in his cameos. He'll step on his own laughs, which I freaking hate. Because he's so funny. He brings so much good energy, but his timing gets way off if he hasn't done it for a while. You know what I mean? Even when he came back and hosted, his timing was a little off in the first couple of sketches. And he finds it towards the end of the episode. So he needs he needs three sketches to get warmed up uh he's not going to show up to rehearsals, but uh, it was a pure joy seeing him. And what a great use of him as a cameo in the sketch. I loved it
1: it was so wonderful getting to see tracy on the show tonight it's, it's just really fun to get him see him show up and obviously you know we all think back to him not being able to be at the 40th anniversary and then getting to host uh, shortly after when he was healthy and it was just it's just so great to have him on the show i know that he was in that cut for time piece the uh the black succession sketch that we did not get to see and i do wonder if because he was cut in that he may have gotten tapped on to the end of the men's room since he was in the house anyways and they didn't want to cut the one thing that tracy was in so if somebody was at dress rehearsal definitely let us know if uh if tracy was originally supposed to be in the sketch i'm curious about that because i do feel like though it was nice to see him his role in the sketch felt like a little bit tacked on at the end to me for this one um but i, I like i'll say i'm just going to reiterate like the relatability in some of these lines was some of my favorite things that i think we've had in snl this entire season i think that like i had an here i'll just say it. i had an experience in college where i went into the men's washroom after a lecture and the teacher comes in who just taught the lecture, and goes to the urinal right next to me. And we got to see that on the sketch. And he he turns to me, and he says, Hey, John, what did you think of the lecture? Look while we're peeing, and I, I just, I couldn't pee. Like, I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. I was absolutely panicking. And every time I was watching this sketch and the experience in the sketch, I kept thinking back to that moment. So I'm sure that other people have experiences like this. And I'm just going to say, as the host of the show, I felt like it was important to share mine to say that I'm with you all when we got to see this sketch tonight. So um, this was a lot of fun. And I'm excited to talk about this more throughout the week. All right. Next up, we got to see the jockey. So uh, this one was was interesting. Dave, can I start with you on this one? What did you think about the jockey?
3: <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't like this or the Timothy Chalamet horse sketch. I didn't like either one of them. Maybe maybe it's horses. I don't know. But I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was supposed to be. Was it a, a preview for a movie? Was it a ska music video? Was it a, a, a satire on nineties skating culture? Was it just another weird horse pre tape? A Tony Hawk homage it's it didn't I didn't know what it was I didn't know what they were trying to go for and I didn't relate
1: yeah and th- thank you by the way everybody in the chat who saying that they had similar experiences to me I appreciate that but uh, Amanda yeah this was like like people are saying a little bit of a swing in the miss and we were all riding such a high that I almost feel like the high of the night actually continued into this one that I didn't necessarily realize how much this didn't track as maybe it could have how did you feel about the jockey
0: Yeah, it wasn't the strongest, but the thing is, I kind of got the premise, but I don't, I just, I just didn't know what, why, why. why in 2021 are you doing this sketch and not in 1998 when this would be relevant like it felt just very we have kieran culkin and he's notoriously not the tallest of men so let's do a a jockey sketch but have him also be a punk band singer and uh, but also i do love the concept of like riding on top of a horse like i really like i know that would a kill you so fast. But it like I would I, I did find that like that amusing. But other than that, this this kind of left my brain until you said the words the Jackie. So that's that's how I felt about it.
1: Yeah, Haskell, I know we're like, we're similar age demographics. Uh, I don't know if you can relate to this, this reference, but I just got like Aaron Carter vibes from, from Kieran Culkin, like, like uh, Aaron's party. Like, I really felt like that was something that I was kind of seeing in this sketch. How'd you feel about the jockey?
2: Yeah, I think that's sort of why there's this disconnect. Cause like, um, it's funny that I was thinking of, um, is that the one where, is it Aaron Carter talks about Duncan on Shaq in one of his songs? And the song is like a story. Um, it'll come to me by the end of this. But, um, you know, it's, that's where I thought they were trying to set up.
1: Wait, 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 jump, jump in there. No matter who is it.
0: It's how he beat Shaq.
2: Yeah. yeah. how he yeah.
0: how he beat Shaq. It's very it, important that we make that clarity. That And
2: it's sort of it's sort of like the the story is the song and stuff. I feel like that's what they were setting up, but it does come across like the beginning of a movie when he when he shows up in the wig. I thought for a second they were going to do a parody of like this would have been a ninety early nineties movie starring Macaulay Culkin, and I got really excited. And then the 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 song was just good enough to like keep me like, I was like, okay, I'm not totally into this, but the song's catchy enough to keep me going.
1: Mm, interesting. Uh, Dave, did you want to jump in on that?
3: Yeah, I totally agree. I just, that, that, the, that one moment of, uh, I bet you're wondering how I got here at Record Scratch. Uh, I thought we were going to see how we got there and it was, didn't make any sense how we got there. <laughs> Right.
1: Okay. Well, uh, at least we got a lot of great stuff up until that point. Uh, we got to see some music from Ed Sheeran tonight, who I thought was really, really wonderful. Then we got to a weekend update, and we got to see Keenan Thompson as Ice Cube, and then we got to see Cecily as Goober the Clown. We had Kyle Mooney, who was cut at the update desk tonight um i thought that the you know like uh, there were some really interesting parts here uh just from a technical perspective i do wonder if cecily's goober the clown we're going to end up getting the dress rehearsal version on youtube because uh the squirting of the the flower went into uh colin's lapel mic so his microphone was messed up for a lot of this so i thought that was just like an interesting technical note i know some people like that stuff um haskell let me start with you what did you like from weekend update
2: that Cecily Strong performance uh, was incredible. I thought this kind of blurring the lines between she's a character, but it's also a character on Update, but also we know it's Cecily Strong. That worked a thousand times better than when than when Kate did it, as, you know, when she did uh, We Notice. Um, I thought it worked incredibly better. Maybe it was just the raw sort of topic that we were talking about. And you could literally hear the passion in Cecily's voice and sort of the, I I don't just sort of like at her wit's end. And it came off so much more natural than when they've tried it before. That was an absolute show stealing performance on the update desk from her tonight. Yeah,
1: it, it was incredible. Amanda, how did you feel about it?
0: I love Cecily Strong so much. Um, I don't know if you all have read the essay. She, I mean, I, I think it's an essay from her book or it's an essay that led to her getting her book deal, but her, it's on New York Magazine about just all the things she dealt with last year. She is such an incredible writer. You know she wrote this. You know she wrote this. And this is the kind of thing that she probably wrote in 10 minutes and got zero edits on because it was perfect. It it was so sentimental it was emotional she is such a good public speaker and a comedian on top of that and it and it, i was so affected by this and in general it's like you can just feel the the pure exhaustion just the like i don't know how else to explain this to you but here i am doing it in a clown costume kind of energy which i just love her this this was Yeah, this is a home run for her tonight. And um, I cannot wait for this video to go viral in a few weeks on TikTok.
1: 100%. I think that one of the nice things, Dave, that we get to see, you know, in the Cecily piece is that, you know, there are elements of, you know, her personal writing in this, as we said. And I think that that's not something that we always get from Cecily characters. Oftentimes we get to see political impressions on Weekend updates. So it's a much different, uh, it was it was a much different scope tonight that we got to see from Cecily. So that contrast uh, between the piece that we got to see tonight and what we usually see was really fascinating for me. How did you feel about it?
3: Yeah, I love Cecily so much. And this was so... I mean, the whole, the idea to have this very vulnerable and uh, touching and uh, totally relatable story about abortion and having to, not having to, but choosing to undercut it with like Clowny Wade and Honka 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 uh, was just brilliant way to be able to like get Middle America to digest that kind of topic on a comedy show and just be able to hear it. But then all the technical stuff. Undercuts it even more, which just shows how good the writing was. Because the sketch was still a home run, even though it was a technical nightmare with that uh, with the mic not working and her not getting this, the the honk off the off the actual horn. There's just a lot going on there. She had the you know the bow tie that she was controlling too. It um, was technically you know it, it kind of fell apart, but the message still got through through that. That just shows you a how strong the writing was and the performance was that it can still be a home run, even though uh, um, the, the technical stuff wasn't working for her. I just thought it was, it was so good. She, it reminded me of, I don't know why this line of dialogue has been in my head for years. I know it's Cecily Strong, uh, during a Weekend Update piece from a couple of years ago, probably saying, and yeah, we're just women trying to live our GD lives. Um, and, and I don't remember which uh, Weekend Update piece that was from, but um, it, it 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 rang true and it's been with me ever since. And this, this will be with me for a long time as well. I think I love when Cecily goes there and is real in a way that I don't think Kate can get to, uh, because she's so like behind her characters where Cecily is front and center in front of her character. She uses uh, her characters as as like a, like a thin veil whereas Kate kind of hides behind her characters sometimes. So I love, I love when Cecily just takes us there.
1: Yeah, really just truly wonderful stuff from Cecily tonight on Weekend Update, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this a lot more throughout the weekend, including our roundtable. So uh, we'll take a look out to see if that uh, dress rehearsal version or a, a less uh, technically challenged version ends up on uh, on YouTube so that we can talk about that uh, and fully grasp everything that she was saying, because I, I think it was just really powerful stuff that she was doing. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the stuff we got to see after Weekend Update. And we started with Wake Up Rhode Island. Amanda, can I start with you on this? How did you feel about Wake Up Rhode Island?
0: I fully forgot about this until I, I was like, wait, what? Yes, this was... what. Okay. I, okay, I have thoughts on this sketch. It wasn't the strongest, but it was a great... We're back from Weekend Update. It's the post Weekend Update sketch. It was a great return from Weekend Update sketch, which is, you know, the bar is kind of low for that. Um, but I truly loved the chaotic energy and the, and I love Cecily as the straight man. But also, I hope those kids went to bed. I hope they put those Boy Scouts to bed. It's too late for them. Go home. Um, but other than that, I really like this, this was like a, a classic SNL sketch. It was dumb. I love a news broadcast sketch on this show always. And I really, this one, this one had to grow on me, but when it landed, it landed. Yeah. But also I really want to hear the rest of that rap. Come on, release it. Spotify.
1: Yeah. Give us the Turkey Tom uncut version. How we want to get it. So <laughs> that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Dave, I really enjoyed this one. How did you feel about it?
3: I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I think this and the customer service reps and the uh, urinals were my top three of the night. Um, I love that he was also very relatable. Uh, Haskell's point as well, wor- uh, working on the wrap and costume instead of doing his actual job last night. Perfectly relatable to everybody that uh, wants to, you know, make the book cover, put more time in the book cover than the, in the book report itself. Uh, so I totally get that. And I love, uh, my shout out, uh, for tonight goes to Keenan in the sketch. I love a character that isn't aware of the inappropriateness of the main absurd character. That character to me is so funny. Uh, um, like it reminds me of that when Will Ferrell comes in, (laughs) in star spangled, uh, G string and Horatio is like, what does he say? (laughs) He's like, uh, uh, uh. You're the, you're the best in the biz or something like that. I love that, that guy. That guy to me is so funny. Chris Parnell was so good at that. Uh, just being that guy that just like encourages the absurdity rather than stops it.
1: Yeah, I, lo- I love that. <laughs> That's such a good reference and, and really, uh, really such a great point. Haskell, how'd you feel about this one?
2: Uh, I, I loved it. Uh, I think if you've ever watched a single episode of SNL... Uh, When you saw him in the turkey kind of get up, you knew immediately like what is about to happen that's gonna make this this get up inappropriate. But one of the keys to tonight was knowing where the punchline is gonna come from and they still did it in a way that was amazing. The line that got me today was they cut back to the beach and you know (laughs) those Boy Scouts are gone, but the line is the sea took them. Like that just got me. Like it was again. I knew. I knew it was coming. I knew those kids were gone in that sketch, but the 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 perfect lining of the sea took them. Uh, It killed me. And that was kind of a that just kind of is a great encompass of what tonight was.
1: Yeah. Oh, honestly, the writers tonight, I just have to like big round of applause. Like I have to say just so many lines in this episode. I think that this is like, uh, I don't know if this is my favorite of the season, but I would say that this is definitely the best written episode of the season. And we've gotten some really good ones. So just really going to double down on that particular note. Okay, we also got to see the return of Please Don't Destroy. And I know we got a couple of these cut over the last few weeks, but it was really nice to finally see these three guys back on the screen. And we got to see one of their pre-tapes. So, Haskell, how do you feel about the return of Please Don't Destroy?
2: It I wasn't as strong as the first one. And the weird thing about these guys is, like, I get, like, it's it's a little different than Lonely Island and even like the guys from good neighbor where you're like, Oh, I, I think I remember these guys from online. Like, please don't destroy them. We've been watching these guys like online on TikTok on all this stuff, for, like two years now, like we know their material. Like if you follow comedy. Um, so it probably hurt a little bit that I've seen so much of them that this didn't stand up as much to some of their other material, but in the same breath, I don't care. I just want to see them getting some time. To, they 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 are going to have to adjust their act to SNL, and I think we're seeing that. So if it's going to be a what is a C plus or B from them, I still want to see it, and uh, I still love their energy that they come with. It just they turn that little office that they're sitting into into this absolute like madhouse with very minimal props, very minimal going on, just this like frenetic energy that they have. So, I, you know, a B. You know, a B for that for me on that one.
1: Yeah, Haskell. My question for you is: Do you think that this relationship between Sarah as Angie the X and John Higgins is part of the SNL cinematic universe now? I think
2: we can will it to be.
1: Yeah, I feel like we have to see we have to see this one again. It'll be interesting to see if if there is more of an insular universe in these, as we got to see with some of the Leslie and Kyle stuff throughout the last ten years. Amanda, how do you feel about the please don't destroy pre
0: this didn't feel like a Please Don't Destroy pre-tape. It felt like a Whitest Kids You Know sketch. And I don't know how else to describe that. But like, like I just, I, it, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny, but I was like, that just, it didn't feel like the same universe, you know? Like the universe that they've been building on. And so that's, that's my main complaint about it, you know? It was nice. It was nice to see Sarah. It's always good. Yeah. And that's it.
1: Yeah, and Amanda, I think the thing about having Sarah in this sketch was was really great because one of the things we've been vouching for is like, hey, this is a new segment that is clearly going to be on the show, you know, at least throughout season 47. We have seen one other piece make it to live. We have seen a cut version of this on uh, on YouTube put up, and I believe that there was another one that was cut that was about an HBO show, which I'm curious if the reason that one never aired and didn't air on this episode was because there was a, a cast a host that was from an HBO show, so I wonder if it was just too, too meta for, for this particular episode. But one of our things that we were vouching was hey like new cast members get in with the pdd guys and get on these pre-tapes and that's exactly what sarah did tonight so i think that's wonderful to see that there's a connection now potentially between sarah and the pdd boys on these pre-tapes dave how did you feel about this one that we got to see tonight
3: i like it i don't really i mean i've been following i follow comedy but i wasn't really aware of these guys until they're on snl and the pdd universe For all intents and purposes, has now been co-opted by SNL, as was the Good Neighbor universe, as was the Lonely Island universe. So whatever canon there was is now SNL fodder. Uh, So um, that's the official timeline now. Uh, So whatever whatever canon they had going into this, it doesn't exist anymore. Um, I thought that was Melissa, not Sarah, so I have to go back and watch that. Um, I like these guys. I think they're very funny. I like their sketches. Obviously, everything takes place in their SNL office. So it is very different from Lonely Island and that Lonely Island is exploring New work with their filmmaking these guys look like they haven't left their office yet. Uh for any ideas. And it's just a lot of sitting around talking. Very funny, very funny edits. Very quick, funny edits that kinda of do a lot of the punchlines for them. Um but uh I I'm really enjoying them. I just would love to see them get out of the office and do something in the real world. Uh um, unless we're just unless that's what their thing is. I I really don't know. Um, but they're doing it very smart, like they're kind of introduced- how do we introduce these guys because I know they were considered for the cast uh so how do we take these writers and introduce them to America so that when they do join the cast probably forty eight or forty nine or at least one or two of them do uh um we'll know them by then and we'll be familiar entities you know I did not i didn't i didn't know i don't know yet I don't know any of them from each other yet, so with that I know that one of them his name is John, and now I know which one is this is a very smart way to go about doing that guys um yeah so i i would love love to see a black succession sketch over any of the three peer tapes we've got tonight um this one seems evergreen so it could have happened at any time they could have held on to this one for a while um and giving us a black succession sketch which we can only get with tracy and kieran in the house so um, i hope we get to see that in some form or fashion
1: Yeah, same here. And then Dave, I think that the other factor in this is how much of a budget is SNL giving Please Don't Destroy for their pre tapes, because we get to see these elaborate, crazy pre tapes that you know, like (laughs) that they do all the time, like we saw how much effort that they put into something like the squid game pre tape earlier this season. So the fact that PDD has just stayed in their office makes me wonder if that is a deliberate choice on their parts, or if SNL wants to, you know, you have this as a work in progress. And if it's successful and people continue to like them, then they'll get a bigger budget to go film things, um, outside of, outside of the, the room. Uh, Dave, do you want to just comment on that?
3: Sure. I mean, it didn't look like there was a lot of production value to, um, uh, um, uh, Chronicles of Narnia or, uh, <laughs> uh, lettuce or any of those first season, uh, Lonely Island pre-tapes. It looked like they didn't do too much with, uh, they just went out in the street and shot some stuff and maybe, I mean, maybe the clearance, maybe, you know, getting permitting costs a lot, but they didn't do too much high production value until they had, you know, boats and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So that's exactly what I was going to say. You go ahead. Askel. Yeah.
2: I just, for the, please don't destroy guys. I think most of their stuff that went viral before SNL is them sitting and talking like in their apartment or in one of their apartments so I think they're literally just trading out the office for the apartment and they're just sticking to their, I think we got one of the comments that says their stick for now. I think they're going to stick to that while they introduce themselves, um, at least for a little while.
1: Yeah, that that's totally fair. I'm just curious is like, how long will that last and work with the SNL audience? Obviously, we're still very early. I mean, this is only the second one that really like got on air. So it's, it's, you know, we could still see more funny things from the office. But the question is, is like, eventually, assuming these guys have a long successful run on the show, we're going to have to see them go other places. So I just want to see what's going to be happening there as they continue to go. Okay, so that is our episode from tonight. I thought it was a really, really fun one, and I was completely pleasantly surprised. I think Kieran absolutely crushed this, and I think that the writing, like I said, was fantastic. Chat, I would love you to give me a number between 1 and 10 on your thoughts on the episode, and while you are doing that, I will ask the panelists, give me a 1 to 10 on your thoughts, and maybe, you know, final thoughts on the episode tonight. Haskell, start with you. 8.5. Uh,
2: 8. 5, uh... I, like I said, it's one of my favorite episodes in a long time. It's, it's, it's everything that SNL should look like. I guess maybe the one thing it's missing to keep it from like a 9 or 10 is a lot of great moments, good sketches that I'll be happy to remember, but maybe not the home run sketch that's going to make it on the best of season 47 sketch list for the jokes. Obviously, a few moments will make it on there, but um, yeah, 8.5. Okay. Amanda, what about you?
0: I agree. I would give it a, yeah, like an 8, 7.88, somewhere in that range. Um, I thought it was a good episode. I'm sorry that Bo and Yang had to work on his birthday, because um, today is Bo and Yang's birthday. But other than that, I think there were some great standout moments, but nothing truly like, nothing like last week's, like, uh, the Jason and Ego flirting teacher sketch, like nothing that was so clearly like, this is what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. So yeah, that's what I got to say about that.
1: Hmm. That's, that's very, very interesting. Um, I have to think about that, but that, that's a, that's a good point. Cause I do wonder if, if I felt like some of the sketches tonight were just as good as that one, or that one is to me is still the best of the season. I guess we'll have to talk about that throughout the week. All right, Dave, over to you. Number between one and 10.
3: I think seven and a half for me. Um, I, Love the uh the urinal sketch for me is the best uh sketch uh really, really solid. That'll be best of forty seven sketch for sure. Um, you know, uh some good joke writing at the top, uh Trump uh impression was great, but I think those are the big m and Dionne Warwick's cameo, of course. I just want to give a quick shout out to the new the New Jersey motto being der sketch uh joke and the Gonzo's nose uh joke. And we can update both those two where top top tier uh we can update uh jokes for me
1: Definitely uh, I think i'm gonna go with i think i'm I'm perfectly in line with Haskell tonight. I think that the the eight and a half is probably right. I would say maybe maybe towards a little bit of a nine I say you got an eight and a half leaning upwards so i th- I think that I really just enjoyed so many pieces in this episode tonight uh between you know really cold open monologue spectrum cable um heist was was good and Dean war talk show and men's room like the whole first half of the episode majority probably two thirds of the episode i think was just a very high quality s n l you can't really ask a lot more from the show I think that we got some some good cameos tonight some really exciting writing and just relatable sketches that we get to talk about and share with our friends so I think this was a really fun episode and I hope that the momentum continues next week with Jonathan Majors we have a lot of Marvel connections coming up so it'll be really fun to talk through all the episodes we get over the next couple of weeks and as we get ready for our shows coming up this week let me bring up our schedule for this week on the SNL network and on Monday night we're gonna be back with three more panelists talking about kieran culkin and ed sheeran's episode all the fun sketches we'll dive deeper into you know our thoughts on kieran culkin as a host and how you know this episode may be compared to the macaulay culkin episode back in 1991 so we'll talk about that throughout the week we have our patron feedback show on thursday and we're going to have two very fun guests two patrons are joining us on the patron feedback show they are from the podcast uh, i believe it's saturday night vibes so they are going to be joining us on the patron feedback show it'll be really fun to talk to them i think it's greg and emily and then next saturday night join us right over here for jonathan majors and taylor swift i know all of our swifties are very excited for next week's show so that will be a lot of fun as we begin our march through to christmas the three november shows and the two december shows coming up i want to thank everybody in the chat for joining us as well as our panelists so let me start with andrew haskell thank you for joining us and where can people reach out to you
2: uh thanks for having me john so typically i like to plug twitter and my different stand updates but i i just had a uh, super fans episode uh air on monday and you can get all that stuff go watch that episode i have to plug my tiktok uh you can find me at andrew haskell sketchy and the reason i have to do that is i got a text from the john schneider today complimenting one of my tiktoks like i i gotta use that momentum go find me on tiktok go like it share it do whatever you do that that makes it go viral and i'll appreciate it and of course i i am super appreciative of everybody that joins us uh, on these hot take shows
1: yeah, I, I got to give I got to give credit to where it's due. It's uh, those there's some really good TikToks. And by the way, you reminded me, speaking of shows that we just did, I have to shout out a show that we did just this past week, we launched SNL stories, which is the first uh, episode of this new podcast that we're doing where we're going to speak to people who have been at Saturday Night Live, uh, whether it's former cast members or people related to former cast members. And we got to speak to the great Judy belushi Pisano this week, the wife of John Belushi. And she got to tell us a lot of really fun stories about John's time at the show and uh, his relationship with different cast members and just behind the seen moments that we didn't know about, you know, those first early years at Saturday Night Live. So check out that interview we have up on YouTube. That's it was really, really cool to get to talk to Judy and thank her for joining us. Amanda, always a pleasure to hear from you. Where can people reach out to you?
0: Always a pleasure, John. Um, you can find me on all platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter at Loch Ness Amanda. like it's in that little box down there. You can see it right there. You can read my work at Refinery29. Yes, I have a new job, guys. Yes and um you can also go listen to this this voice every week on my podcast about america's next top model called america's next top best friend yeah all
1: right yeah and amanda is just like a f- amazing podcaster so really i encourage you to go check out her podcast she's just incredible so happy to have her with us throughout season 47 and dave buckman it was such a pleasure to get to hear from you tonight so much fun to get your opinions on season 47 thank you for joining us where can people reach out to you and check out everything you are doing at cold town theater
3: Uh, You can follow me at at Dave Buckman or, uh, you know, at Coldtown, Coldtown Theater. You can join our Patreon, help us uh, build a new venue uh, in 2022. Uh, That'd be very helpful if you want to help get us there. We'll be having a big crowdsourcing uh, announcement very soon for that as well. So thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure.
1: Yeah, thanks, Dave. Really appreciate that. Definitely, everybody check that out. If you want to follow everything we are doing at the SNL Network on Twitter, Instagram, or on Facebook, we're also on TikTok, a lot of work going into that. So just definitely make sure you follow us. You can subscribe to us on YouTube or on any podcast or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, find me at John Schneider 24. And like I said, thank you for staying up late with us tonight. I know we got an extra hour of sleep. So I hope you all enjoy it as we move along towards the end of the year. So so let's do it. Let's Let's enjoy our night and celebrate what an amazing SNL episode this was. So have a great night, everybody. We will see you next time.